Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. If you got a Bible, go to Habakkuk 2, verse 2. Ooh, whoa, 2, verse 2, 2, 2. Somebody say 2, 2. I'm feeling 22. I'm feeling 22. And here's the beautiful thing about feeling 22 is you get to choose. You get to choose that despite how you feel, you're going to embrace the year that God has for you. I don't have to feel excited to go to church to choose to go to church. I don't have to feel excited to go to my job in order to show up at my job. And I think some of us, we are going into this new year and I feel like God's wanting to get you stirred up with vision, with hope, with faith. And God's wanting to speak something over your life this year, even this morning as I preach. I feel like God's wanting to stir up your spirit uh, to believe for greater things. But in order to do that, you've got to take control of your thoughts, your feelings, and say, all right, no matter what I came in here with, no matter what I walked through last year, I'm going to get my hope up. I'm going to get my faith up because it's better to live with faith than fear. It's better to live with joy than a sense of sadness. And listen, it's okay if you're, if you're walking through grief of any kind, but I want to encourage you, don't allow the grief to blind your vision from seeing what God has for you in your future because God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished with your story. God's not finished with your family. God's not finished with your health. God's not finished with your finances. God's not finished with your dreams, with your destiny. And so God speaks to the prophet Habakkuk in Habakkuk 2, verse 2. Are you there? Everybody say 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two, 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 two. By the way, I was looking in my Bible, and I was looking at every place I could find 2-2. Two, two. I was looking, and then I was looking at every chapter of 2022. This is just kind of something fun. Every year, with there's, uh, no matter what the numbers are, you can find those scriptures in the Bible, and I believe God speaks to us through those scriptures that are connected to the year. But I came across this passage, and it just jumped off the pages at me. And this is what the prophet says. He says, the Lord spoke to me in Habakkuk 2, verse 2, to write down the revelation. Everybody say, write down the revelation. Now, a prophet in, in the Bible was someone who spoke of something that was to come, something that hadn't happened yet. God would speak to the prophets, and the prophets would speak to the nation of Israel. And those prophets would declare a thing that hadn't happened yet. All of us in this room, we listen to prophets every week. We may not realize we're listening to prophets, but anytime you listen to the weatherman who says it's going to be 13 degrees on Sunday... And you prepare, you're like, it's going to be 13 degrees. He said it's going to be 13 degrees. We know in four days, Travis Myers, he knows. He just knows. We can trust the meteorologist. Come on, how many of y'all love Travis Myers? He's like an Oklahoma celebrity if you're new to Oklahoma. He's one of our favorite weathermen. Anytime he's on TV, we just feel more peaceful. <laughs> Travis is telling us what's going to happen in four days, and we just go, he knows. He knows. We're going we're gonna to prepare for that. Get a coat. Get ready. It's going to rain. We listen to these weathermen, and in the same way we listen to them, we should listen even more to what God says about our future. 
Because God is prophesying over your future. And you may not feel excited about this year, but God is declaring over this year. He is speaking over your life that he who started this work in you will be faithful to complete it. If he said it in his word, you need to believe it in your heart. And you don't have to feel it to believe it. You just got to choose. Just like you don't have to feel like coming to church to show up. To show up and be here and lean in. So God says to Habakkuk, write down the vision. Write down the revelation. God has a revelation for your year. He says, make it plain on tablets. I love this right here. Make it plain. Everybody say, make it plain. Making something plain is making it easy to understand. So I, every time I prepare a sermon, I always ask, how will the 10-year-old in the room Walk away from this message. Will he understand it? Is it plain enough for him to hear? My dad used to tell me, Paul, there's a lot of people who just want confusing sermons. They're, you know, they're like, just give me something profound, something so complex that I don't have to do anything with my life, that I can just sit in a sermon and it's so theologically deep that we don't change, right? But the most powerful, deep theological thing is found in the practical words of wisdom found in God's word. To obey God, to pray, to forgive, to love, make it plain. This year, make your vision so clear that even a fourth grader, a third grader, a first grader could understand. My goal this year is to get healthy. That's a plain goal right there, but that is a strong goal. My goal this year is to read my Bible more. That's plain. Everybody say, write it down. Make it plain. And then he says this, so that those who read it may run with it. The more simple and clear and concise your vision is, the more you are able to run towards it. So we made a plain vision for our church last year, build this house. When we said that, we put it in the parking lot, we put it in the kids area. What were we saying? We were saying God wants to keep building his church. It might feel simple, it might feel plain, but we can run with that vision. We're gonna expand the Dream Center. We're gonna expand what we're doing through our church, through our school, through our camp. Everybody say, build this house. Once you get the vision, and by the way, God has a vision for your year. Once you get the vision, God says, write it down, make it plain, run with it. And then he says this in verse 3, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. There's a due date for your destiny. There's a due date for the dreams and the goals that God has for you. God wants you to circle that due date. God wants you to see this year and say that on December 31st, 2022, I'm going to see some of these things change in my life, whatever it is that you would look at the calendar and say, there is, an, there is a finish line for this year. There's not a finish line for my life. As long as there's breath in my lungs, I'm gonna keep growing, right? As long as I'm breathing, I wanna keep on growing into who God's called me to be. Never get to the place where you arrive, but every year, look at that year and go, okay, God, what do you wanna do through me this year? What do you want me to believe for this year? Where do you want me to go this year? How do you want me to take ground in some areas in my life so that I don't waste the momentum of a new year? So many people will waste the momentum of a new year because they don't have any vision for that year. So this is the time to write down the vision. And we're going to camp out this month in the book of Joshua. So I want us to go over to Joshua chapter 1. And um, as you're turning there, I was praying this past week and I was saying, Lord, what do you want to speak to our church in this new year? And I was looking at all of the 2022s in the Bible, chapter 20, verse 22. I was looking at you know, two, verse two, like I found in Habakkuk. And as I was reading through it, I just felt the Lord speak to me this word, and the word was closer, closer. And so I wrote it down, and I, I wrote down on my phone a list of goals of things that God was 
you know, calling me to, to get closer towards the dreams, the gifts, the callings that he's put inside me, some of the, the things that I've kind of been slowly making progress on. And I felt the Lord was saying, you're going to get closer this year, but most importantly, you're going to get closer to me, that this is a year to draw closer to God. And so I just wrote down that word closer. In 22, this is my year to get closer. Everybody say closer. And I started looking it up. What does closer mean? Closer means to draw near, right? James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to the Lord. He will draw near to you. Closer means to cut the distance between you and somebody, to eliminate distractions and distance, to get so close that there's nothing between you and that person, you and that thing. So to get closer in a relationship is to spend more time together, to desire to learn more. But with God, to get closer to God means you're going to lean into his presence, that you're going to pursue God this year, that you're going to find ways to learn more about God's plan for your life, learn more about God's word in your life. But as I was looking up the word closer, I also realized that there was another definition for closer, that closer also meant the closer. And the closer is someone who closes up a restaurant or closes up something, but also closes on a house, someone who brings a business deal to the table and they're the closer, they close on something. And then next to that definition, I saw the word closure. And I paused and I thought, before I can get closer to God, I need to get some closure on some things that have happened in the past. Before I can move towards a closer destiny and a closer dream that God has for my life in 2022, I need to get some closure on 2021. And some of you walked in the room today and you, you need some closure on last year. You're here and you go, man, I'm excited. Or maybe you're not. Maybe you're like, I'm trying to be excited, but if I'm honest... I'm still, I still got some leftover stuff from last year. There's still some things that I've, I'm trying to let go of. I'm trying to settle in my heart. I'm trying to wrap up those books so that I can move forward and write a new page and experience my best year yet. But if I'm honest, Paul, like there's some pain from the past that I just, I don't know how to let go of. There's some hurts. There's some disappointments. There's some frustrations. And, and I want to believe that God has incredible things this year and that he's going to answer my prayers and all is going to be amazing. And I'll promise you this right now, this year is going to be filled with good and difficult things because every year is. I was, this last week I was doing some research and I was kind of listening to some different prophetic words from people and it's funny because they all say some of the same stuff. They're like, this is going to be a year of abundance, a year of harvest, but it's also going to be a year of difficulty. And I'm like, isn't that every year? <laughs> I'm like, it's a good word, but it's pretty much every year you're going to have some good and some difficult things. But here's one thing you can count on. God will be with you. And I can't promise you this year is going to be perfect, but I can promise you that God has great plans for you this year. And he will perfectly love you whatever you walk through this year. And so I started looking into this idea of closer. My son, Mac, he got up early. He gets up early every morning. He's our three-year-old. He got up at 4 a.m. this past week, and he comes in our room, and he gets on top of me, and he goes, Daddy. And I go, what, Mac? And he goes, get closer. You know, he gets and he goes, closer, 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 closer. And Mac's right up here and he goes, Santa Claus is coming. I said, Mac, it's December 28th. He already came. He's coming back. No, he's not. He forgot my surfboard. He tells me this at 4 a.m. I go, Mac, first of all, where did you learn about a surfboard? We're in Oklahoma. We don't serve. I'm having this debate. And I go, secondly, Santa's not coming back. 
he's coming back, Daddy. Santa's coming back for me. I said, no, no, I'm him, and he's not. Not until next year. <laughs> and he goes, you forgot my surfboard. <laughs> Mac was so close. Everybody say, get close. All right, so I want to give you 22 steps. I got 22 points for you. I got to go through these fast. 22 steps closer to who God's called you to be, what God's called you to do, but also 22 ways to get some closure on your past. Because some of you, in order to get closer to your destiny, you need to get closure on your past. In order to get closer towards doing what God's asked you to do this year and embracing it with great expectation, you need to get some closure on some things you've walked through. So as we go into these steps, we're going to go through the story of Joshua, and I believe we're going to learn some points through his story. Joshua chapter 1. Are you there? Turn to the person next to you and say, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Come on. All right. In chapter 1 of Joshua, after the death of Moses, let's stop right there. A transition just happened. And a lot of times we skip right past this and we go, yeah, yeah, after the death of Moses. This was a big deal. Moses was Joshua's father, like not, not biological father, but spiritual father. Moses took care of Joshua. Moses was there for Joshua. He mentored Joshua. He was, he was like Joshua's best man. He was, I mean, he was constantly pouring into Joshua, teaching him, and he dies, and this is painful for Joshua because a lot of Joshua's life was connected to Moses, everything. He did everything with him. He had followed him out of Egypt into the wilderness. For the last 40 plus years, they had been walking together, working together. Served, Joshua served Moses. And it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, God spoke to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you. Now you. Everybody say, now you. Now you. Now, you. now then you. In other words, the story is shifting. There's been a transition in the story. The first step towards getting closer to who God's called you to be, and closure on your past is letting go of the past. Now, I'm not saying that you erase the past or you forget about the past, but you have to let go of the past if you're gonna embrace the future. You cannot grab hold of what's in front of you if you're still holding on to what's behind you. You, can, like, you can't move forward and by the way, your God that you serve, our God that we believe in, that we worship every week, that we worship every day, his name is I am. His name is not I was. His name is not I will be someday. He is an ever-present help in time of need. He's a present God. He's an I am God. He's a right now God. He's not a past God. He's not a future God. He's a present God. He's always present. And what does that mean? That means that he's calling you to move forward into the present, to move forward into the present. And by the way, I honor my past by moving forward into my present. My dad, when he passed away, I remember just feeling so sad, so disconnected with my life, so disconnected from people and from, from so many things. And, and I didn't want to move forward. And, 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 and it was like right into a new year that he had passed, like just a month prior to that. And I remember just feeling this sadness to the point where I didn't like the idea of living without him. But the way that God calls us to honor the people that we've lost, and maybe you lost someone in 21. Maybe you lost someone in 20. Maybe you walked through some painful things. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you experienced some great things. Some people are hooked on the past, not because of, of, of bad things, but because of great things. They're going, man, I miss the good old days. I miss those relationships. I miss life prior to this season. 
I, I miss how it used to be when it was just us or when it was just this or when it was just that. And God says, celebrate it, learn from it, but don't get stuck in it. Look back, learn the lesson, but don't live in the past. Don't keep your eyes on the rearview mirror your whole life. It's time to move forward. Moses is dead, Joshua. You can't carry his corpse with you everywhere you go. To move across the Jordan River, you're going to have to let go of the season that you were once in. Too many people miss the momentum of a new year because they are addicted to their past, addicted to an old season, addicted to how life used to be. And so we make transitions less Less momentum, less, we have less excitement, less hope, less faith because we're, we're so connected to how things used to be. Number two, embrace the new thing that God has for you. So God says to, to Joshua, Moses, my servant, has passed. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross. Everybody say, get ready. So in order to embrace the new thing, you've got to recognize God is doing something new. God has something new in 2022. God has a new thing for you. Come on. This is, I'm going to put these glasses. This is a year to embrace the new thing. Can y'all take me seriously here? The new thing that God has for you. What he's saying is God says there's fresh vision for you this year. There's fresh words for you this year. There's fresh memories for you this year. You might have had some great memories in the past, but you're going to have greater memories this year. You might have accomplished some great things last year, but you're going to go to new heights this year. You haven't preached your best sermon, Paul. You haven't seen your greatest miracle yet. You haven't accomplished your best thing yet. You haven't written your best song. This is your year to get your hopes up that God has something new in store for you this year. Transitions are only as good as you make them. You have to see this next season as an opportunity to rise up and embrace the spectacular now. That this is a time to be present. Number three, get a God vision for this year. Get a God vision for this year. Not just a your idea, not just your plan, but get God's dream for your life this year. To get a vision from God, you've got to get close enough to hear from God. You don't get a, get a, a vision from God by just showing up to church one time a year. By the way, you have perfect attendance this year. Keep it up, y'all. But you got to lean in to say, God, what are you speaking to me? What are the words that you're wanting to, to, to download in my heart this year? Joshua got the vision from God, and God began to speak to him. He says, everywhere you set your foot, I will give to you. You are crossing the Jordan River, and I am going to give you the promised land. In other words, I'm giving you something that hasn't happened yet. A vision, a prophetic word is something that hasn't happened yet. Write down the vision. Make it plain. Run after it. Without a vision, people wander aimlessly. Where there's no vision, where there's no goals, people eat whatever they want to eat. People do whatever they want to do. People live however they want to live. Whatever will be, will be. Que sera, sera. But if I get a vision from God, I, I become a much more disciplined person. When I have a vision from God, I'm saying, you know what? I'm not going to eat the donuts today. I'm not going to eat the cookies later tonight. Mountain Dew, you do not control me tonight. I'm putting the drinks down. The root beer and the Dr. Peppers and the Mountain Dews. When you have a vision, you become more disciplined. And you go, this is where I'm going. Number four, write it down. Your vision is only as good as your pen to paper. 
The vision will not go anywhere when it's just in your heart, your mind. Once you put it down on paper or once you put it on your phone, you have something to look at. You can't take ground on what you haven't written down. Research reveals that people who write down their goals and vision are a thousand percent more likely to fulfill their goals or vision than those who don't write them down. There's power in writing it down. Even as you come to church, note takers are history makers. Come on, when I write something down, I can retain it better. I think about it better. And then once I write it down, number five, keep the vision in front of you. What helped Joshua to fulfill his vision? By the way, not every weekend are you gonna get a 22-point sermon, so <laughs> I'm trying to roll through these points fast. You're like, we should take some more time on that point. Y'all, I got 16 more points, okay? All right, so number five, keep the vision in front of you. When the vision is in front of you, by the way, put it on your bathroom, put it in your car, put it in your wallet, put it on your desk, put it right there. This year, I'm getting healthier. This year, I'm going to finish my Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Write down the vision and keep it in front of you. When it's in front of you, your sight drives your destiny. Your sight drives, my vision drives my footwork. So if I have a vision this year to take steps towards my dream then I need to keep that vision in front of me. The more the vision is in front of me, the more I'm gonna move towards it. If I say, okay, this year, I'm gonna take some steps in the right direction. Everybody say, take another step. All right, so if my goal this year is to read my Bible, then every single day I wake up and I'm, I'm gonna read the Bible from, from beginning to end, from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, then I need to take some steps. I need to keep it in front of me. Write it down on my phone. This year, I'm reading my Bible. This year, I'm gonna pray. This year, I'm gonna get healthier. So there's some things I'm gonna eliminate. I'm gonna go to the gym every day that I can this year. I'm gonna set some goals. Everybody say, set some goals. All right, count the steps with me. Stop. All right, we just made some progress. Give yourselves a hand. Celebrate the progress along the way. This is important for people who set goals is we feel like until I get up there, I can't celebrate. But every time you lose a pound, every time you finish a book in the Bible, every time you show up to church, you should give yourself a hand. Hey, this week I took another step. It might just be an inch, but I'm getting closer towards my dreams. I'm getting closer towards God. Whatever it is, everybody say, take another step. I'm going to stop right here. Now, I got 22 points to get through. <laughs> let's, let's go up to the sixth point. Where's the sixth point? Throw it up there. Believe God is for you. Sometimes when you're taking steps towards the promised land, you start questioning, is God still for me? Especially when you make mistakes along the way. Because I can take 10 steps forward and then... And one day, I can slip three steps back because I made a mistake. I said something I shouldn't have said. I had an attitude issue. Something happened at my job. Something didn't work out. A prayer didn't get answered. And when I feel this way, I start questioning if God is for me. And then I start moving backwards because your belief and your perception of God will determine whether or not you take another step towards God. 
If I believe God is mad at me, if I believe God's just done with me, if I believe he doesn't have any more plans for me because I messed up, I screwed it all up, then I won't take another step. But if I believe God is for me, then I'll keep on walking. I gotta get back to step 11. Was this step 11 right here? Right here. This is step 11. She knows. She was watching. In the last service, I said, how many of y'all are planning to get healthier this year and lose some weight? And some people raised their hands. And I watched one wife. She raised her husband's hand. <laughs> how many of y'all got some goals for other people that are sitting next to you? <laughs> You're like, all my goals are about them. <laughs> Take another step. Take another step. Take another step. I'm going to stop right here. Don't just believe God is for you. Because God told Joshua, as I was with Moses, here's my seventh point right here, I will be with you. Number seven, believe God is with you. Because God is with me, I can take another step towards my dream. What step am I on? Fifteen. God is with you. No matter what you walk through, no matter what you face, no matter what you go through, God is with you. Jesus promised in the New Testament, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you even to the ends of the earth. No matter who leaves you or no matter who you lose, you will never lose Jesus. He is a ever-present help in time of need, and he's a friend, and he's a father, and he never leaves you. Number eight, where are we at? Number eight. Believe that you are well able to succeed because God is in you. All right, take another step. 19, 20, 21. I'm going to save the rest of these for the next few years. In 2027, I'll go to the top. Everybody say, keep on walking. This is a year to keep on stepping towards your destiny. What gave Joshua the courage to move forward is that he knew God was in him. When you have a good self-image, it's because, especially as Christians, we, we wonder, is it okay for me to believe in myself? Is it okay for me to believe that I have what it takes? Is that narcissistic? Is it humanistic to believe that I'm well able to do a good job at my company, to succeed, to come up with great things? No, that's God's design for you to walk in boldness and confidence. The righteous are as bold as a lion. What gave Esther the courage to walk in the presence of the king is that she knew God was in her and God's hand was on her. What gave David the courage to face Goliath is that he knew the God inside him was greater than the giant in front of him. What gave Paul the courage to face Caesar in Rome is that he knew God's hand was on him. And so he could walk with courage and with boldness. You've gotta believe you're well able. Joshua and Caleb, they were the only two spies out of 12 spies in the book of Numbers. Because Joshua's story starts way before the book of Joshua. And Moses sent out 12 spies to look at the promised land. And Joshua and Caleb got a vision. And they said, we are well able to take this land. We are, we are well able to conquer 2022. There might be some giants. There might be some mountains. There might be some valleys. There might be some dry seasons and some difficult moments. But we are well able to succeed this year. God did not bring us this far to fail us in 2022. You will not win this year if you have a low self-image. You gotta get a you gotta get a God image inside you that He created me in His image. 
Which brings me to the next point, number nine. Speak life-giving words over yourself. We teach this at Victory all the time. This is why we start with the Victory Confession. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. I've been on the other side of speaking the opposite over myself. There's been times where I just was like, oh, Paul, you're such a loser. You stink at this. You're not good at preaching. You're bad, you know, and all these things and just putting myself down. You're an accident and, and, and you're a klutz and just saying all kinds of mean things about myself. And the Lord convicted me and said, Paul, you are not getting better by putting yourself down. Putting yourself down doesn't make you a better person. And thinking less of yourself doesn't make you a more humble Christian. It actually makes you less righteous because the righteous are bold and confident. So to live with this false humility of, oh, I'm just, I'm nothing, I'm nobody, I'm just supposed to just eke my way through, I've got to survive, it's all for the glory of God, I'm a nobody. No, 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 you need to walk in with some confidence and say, I am a mighty man of God. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I'm going to do something great this year. I'm going to expand this year. I'm going to multiply the gifts and the talents that God has put inside me. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. Right? All right, so number 10, speak life-giving words over the areas that you want to see change in. It's not enough for Joshua to just hear God speaking life-giving words over himself and over Israel. God wanted Joshua to speak it out himself. In fact, chapter one is literally, God tells Joshua life-giving words. Joshua begins to give those same life-giving words to the nation of Israel. He says, y'all, God's about to do something amazing. In three days, we're gonna cross the Jordan River and we are well able to succeed. God has empowered us. He's positioned us. He's resourced us. We have everything it takes to win the battles that are in front of us. What was he doing? He was speaking life-giving words over himself and over others. God was telling this to Joshua. He says, Joshua, your territory will extend from the desert to the Lebanon River, from the Mediterranean Sea to the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. If God is for you, who can be against you? And then he says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so be strong. Here's my 11th point right here, be strong. Be strong. Be strong on the inside. He wasn't saying be strong in the gym, although that's good to get, get your muscles working. He was saying be strong on the inside. Have thick skin and a soft heart. Don't let anyone's opinions or anyone's words or any circumstance deter the dream in your heart. Have thick skin to be unoffendable this year. Don't get caught up in petty little things. Don't become so deflated and discouraged by one person's opinion. Care less about what people think about you and more about what God thinks about you. Be so strong on the inside that you can stand up even on a bad day, that you can show up even when you don't feel like it. Can I tell you that so many of you in this room, you just inspire me because you show up to church even when you don't feel like it. Some of you have walked through some of the most painful moments in your life in the last few months, and I've talked with you. I've talked with you at the altar and what makes you strong is not how big your muscles are or how tall you are or how masculine you seem. What makes you strong is that you choose to keep getting back up. You can't keep a good man down. You can't keep a good woman down. No matter what you go through, you keep getting back up. You keep showing up. You're strong. Somebody say, I'm strong. I'm strong on the inside. God tells Joshua, be strong. And then here's my next point, and courageous. 
Number 13, be courageous this year. Courageous is different than strength. Strength is being able to withstand trials to keep moving forward. But courage is getting out of your comfort zone and taking a risk. Courage is doing the thing that's uncomfortable, the thing that might even be embarrassing. Courage is choosing to move forward even when you're afraid. Courage is saying that even though there's things coming at me, things coming against me, and even though I don't feel like it, like it takes courage for me to get up and preach every week. You might think that this is a natural thing for me or that I never feel like nervous. I feel nervous every weekend. But what gives me the courage to move forward is I know God's inside me. I know God is with me. I know God is for me. And so I know that he has a word to speak through me. So the courage is me walking up on this stage and saying, okay, God, move. Do what you want to do. Speak what you want to speak. When our church casted a vision this last year to expand, it was a scary thing to even share that idea with y'all. Because what if we fail? Like, what if it doesn't work out? And that's the beautiful thing about courage is you're taking a risk. Some of us have stopped taking risks because we're afraid to fail in front of people. You won't walk in courage if you're constantly afraid of failing in front of other people. I would rather fail living with courage than live my entire life in a safe place of fear. I'd rather step out of the boat and walk on water and if I sink on my way to getting closer to Jesus, at least I made the pursuit to move with faith over fear. I would rather live with courage than live as a coward. Number 13, I want the keys to come up. Make God's word your compass for life and follow it. Watch what God says to Joshua. He says, no one will be able to stand against you. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. You are a leader. And I swore that I would give this land to your ancestors. I swore to Abraham, this land would be your land. But in order to inherit it, in order for you to get it, in order for you to possess it, it's going to require your obedience. You cannot see the promised land if you don't follow God's plan. You won't see the victory if you don't make God's word your compass. This is why he says in verse 7, be strong and very courageous. So he repeats himself. This is God talking. And then he says, be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. Your success is connected to your obedience. When I obey God, it's not enough to just hear the word of God. Anyone who says, um, like James talks about this, anyone who, who says I follow God because I hear his word but doesn't do what the word says is a liar. Faith without works is dead. It's not enough to just hear the word. You gotta apply the word. You gotta put it to practice. And you, that do, doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but it means you wanna pursue the, the, the word of God for your life because it's your compass. A compass is what helps you when you're lost in the woods to know what direction to go, what choices to make, what choices not to make, the things you need to do. And I'm telling you right here, this is the greatest compass we can have. In a, in a world that's confused about who they are, in a world that's telling boys they're girls and girls they're boys, in a world that's teaching people such a weird, confusing way of, of ideology, and you go, well, Paul, we need to follow the trends of the day. We need to follow what the government says. We need to follow Dr. Fauci. You need to know who you really need to follow. Because those people and those ideas are going to change on a daily basis. Flip-flop, 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 flip-flop. Snip, snap, snip, snap.
He says one thing one day and the next thing another day, I'm going, ha, ah, I'd rather stick to the stable word of God who never fails, who outlasts all the Caesars, all the Herods, all the presidents, all the emperors. You need to know when to kneel. Well, Paul, don't, aren't we supposed to honor, the, honor what the government says? And, and what if the government contradicts the word of God? Then you should read the story of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because in that story, they chose not to kneel to the emperor's image of gold that had been set up. But Paul, what if, we, what if we're told that we're not supposed to meet and we're not supposed to pray and we're not, we're not supposed to say things that offend people because it's ah, people just don't like the truth these days. We just need to water it down. I would rather go down in history as the guy who followed God and rebelled against the ways of secular humanistic ideology than the guy who obeyed a secular worldview and rebelled against God's word. You need to choose who you're going to stand with and when you're going to kneel. What will be your compass this year? What will direct your steps this year? Make God's word your compass. Number 14, be focused this year on where you really want to go and stick with it. Joshua was able to get the promised land because he focused. He became laser focused. In fact, when we get later on into the story, he gets to one city and he camps out right in front of the city and he just stares at it every single day. Like he's just sitting in his tent and he has set his face like flint towards Jericho. And he's just looking at it. That's where I'm headed. That's where I'm going. Some of us in this room, we need to set our face and focus in on the thing that God's called us to do. This year, I'm reading my Bible. This year, I'm getting debt free. I am gonna pay off that debt. This year, I'm going to get sharper in some areas that I have been very loose in. Whatever it is that you would focus in on it and say, this is my year to focus in on it. What is your Jericho? What's your Jerusalem that you would move towards? Number 15, get in God's word daily. Speaking of that, at the end of your row, we have a Bible reading plan. I want you to pass these down. This is a way to get you through the word of God this year. And we want every single one of you, if you didn't get these on the way into church, you're gonna get one right now. If you need one, raise your hand. Our ushers will bring it to you. But in these Bible reading plans, it gives you a month by month, day by day, what chapters to read so that you could go through the word of God. When you go into God's word and you get into God's word, God's word gets into you. And when you're squeezed, when a lemon is squeezed, what comes out? Lemon juice. When an orange is squeezed, what comes out? Orange juice. When a Christian is squeezed, what should come out is the word of God. That you would get into God's word and let God's word get into you and meditate on it. Meditate on it. Chew on it. This week, I was just looking through scriptures and I was praying over 2022. And I told you I was looking at every place in the Bible where I could find a chapter 20, verse 22. And I'm like that. I'm, I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm very... I don't know, I just feel like God speaks to me through those ways. And so there's actually only like eight books in the Bible that have a chapter 20, verse 22. And so I was looking at it in Genesis, I was looking at it in Exodus and Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Joshua didn't have it, and so I was going to Psalms, and then I was going to Proverbs, and then I, I got to John, the book of John, and I came across this, John 20, verse 22. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And I realized God was saying, Chew on this, meditate on this. That in 2022, I'm going to pour out my spirit on sons and daughters, on mothers and fathers, on the old and on the young. This is a year to become so aware and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. 
that he wants you to receive the Holy Spirit. He wants you to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially the gift of prophecy. That this would be a year you hear God's word for your life. That he speaks to you. And you meditate on it. You chew on it. Number 16, get into God's presence daily. I want the band to come out. Get into God's presence daily. Joshua got the vision for his life, not in the book of Joshua, but actually in the book of Exodus. In Exodus 33, verse 11, while Moses, his leader, his mentor, his father, was leaning in at the tent of tabernacle. This was the place where people would go to hear from God. And God would speak to Moses. In verse 11, it says this. He spoke to Moses as a friend would speak to you face to face. God wants to talk to you face to face as a friend. God doesn't want to just be some far off priest in your life. He wants to be your friend. And Moses would leave the presence. But his young servant Joshua. Look at the bottom of that verse. His young aide Joshua. This is the second book of the Bible. And we're meeting a man whose book doesn't show up until three books later in the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. And yet Joshua's vision started four, chapter, four books before his book. It started in Exodus. It started in the presence of God. When I'm in the presence of God, I was getting vision to be the pastor of victory. And I didn't realize what that vision was when I was 17 years old. I had no desire to be the pastor. In fact, even when I was getting the vision, I didn't even connect the dots that it meant I was going to be leading our church. I was actually getting vision. I was like, I need to give this to Billy Joe, my dad, because he's supposed to run with this. And the Lord was downloading. I see it now, 16 years later. I see it now because I look back and I go, oh, wow. It was happening four books before the book. It was happening way before the chapter even started that God was downloading vision. God was giving Joshua. When you get in the presence of God, he begins to speak to you, begins to minister to you, begins to comfort you. He begins to lead you. Number 17, be who God made you to be unapologetically. This happened for me in 2020. When the pandemic hit, something shifted inside me. I stopped caring about pleasing people. And I just started about caring, caring about pleasing God. And I just became authentically me. And, and someone who came to me, they were like, what happened? Like, you have become very free and loose and fun. And I was like, it was there all along. It's just that there was a season where I was, like, consolidating it or whatever. I was, I was feeling the pressure to be someone that maybe I wasn't. And then I just stopped. And something shifted. And I just felt this freedom to be unapologetic, to stop apologizing for how God made me to be. That I'm going to be the quirky, fun, wild, ride on a motorcycle, dress up as a prisoner, wear a fur coat, preach about Joseph, act like I'm Joseph, serve cookies and milk in church type of guy. That I'm going to embrace the musical gifts, the songwriting. I'm going to stop feeling like I got to be a cookie cutter pastor preacher. I'm not Mike Todd. I'm not Bishop Jakes. I'm not Stephen Furtick. I love all those guys. They're my friends. They come preach here, but I am Paul David Doherty, and I am unapologetically the man that God created me to be, and you should be too. Life is too short to be a copy of somebody else. God was telling Joshua, Joshua, honor Moses, love Moses, learn from Moses, but don't you dare copy Moses. Moses was an original for his generation. Moses was the guy who was supposed to do what he did during his season, but Joshua, now it's your turn. Be you. Life is too short to be a copy. Number 18, surround yourself with the right people. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Surround yourself with the right people. Joshua needed people that would fight with him, not fight against him. Joshua needed people that were shooting arrows right next to him at the enemy, not arrows behind his back. 
The response of your friends tells me everything I need to know. When you share your heart, how do they respond? When Joshua shared his heart, they said, in verse 16, they answered Joshua, whatever you say, we are with you, heart and soul. Wherever you send us, we will go. We will fight beside you. We will stand with you. No matter how embarrassing it seems, Joshua, if you tell us to walk around walls for seven days and then shout at those walls as if our shout can actually break the bricks in those walls, we will do it because we're your friends. You know who your friends are when you hear the response, when you share your heart. We will do it. <laughs> your crew determines your view. If you want to have friends that are encouraging you, be that kind of friend for somebody else. If you want to have friends that are praying for you, like when I share my vision with friends and they say, Paul, we're with you. We want to see that happen for you. We're standing, we're going to pray with you. When someone shares their vision with me and they say, Paul, we're believing to have children. I want to be the friend that, that just adds gasoline to the fire. Instead of questioning, well, what did the doctor say? What, what, I don't know if that's scientifically actually. Like, stop being the skeptic to all your friends and start being the encourager that just says, hey, I believe God can do it. All things are possible for God. Nothing is too difficult for him. He's well able. He's positioned you. When, when you share your vision about being debt free, that you would be the kind of friend that says, hey, we're going to celebrate with you. We won't be jealous. When you pay off your house, we're going to throw you a party. We're going to be the friends that come beside you when you see that dream fulfilled this year. Surround yourself with the right people. Number 19, give thanks to God daily. A thankful heart makes for a joyful life. Thankfulness and humility go hand in hand. By the way, giving thanks to God actually builds confidence for the future things that you're waiting on. Giving thanks. So I ended 2021 with just a thank you note to God, just me and God, just talking. I said, Lord, thank you for the songs you helped me write this year. Thank you that we got to celebrate 40 years of victory this last year. Lord, thank you for baby Gianna. God, thank you for health and our family. Lord, thank you for church members that keep showing up even after all my crazy sermons. Lord, thank you. Thank you for friends that care about me. Thank you, God, for health this year. Thank you that you helped me get that thankfulness. Stay, it keeps you in a humble place. It keeps you in a place of great confidence for the next year. Number 19, enjoy the, uh, no, number 20, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Laugh, smile. This is not supposed to be a drudgery. Following God should not feel like a funeral every day in your life. Enjoy the journey. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. If you are burned out, you are not enjoying God. If you constantly feel exhausted, then you are running at a pace that is not his grace for your life. Slow down. But Paul, I feel the pressure from my parents that I got to do this and the pressure from friends and peers and everyone else is buying houses now and they're having kids and they're getting married and they're like they're graduating. They're getting their master's degree. Y'all, I started my master's degree eight years ago and I still have not finished it. And I get sometimes church members come to me. They're like, why haven't you finished it yet? You need to finish it. I'm like, because I had five kids. 
and I'm enjoying it. And I laughed more in 2021 than I have laughed in any other year in my life. And I feel healthier because laughter is medicine for the soul. And I'm gonna up the ante this year. I'm gonna laugh more in 2022 than I laughed in 2021. But Paul, how can you laugh when you go through painful things? Because I choose to put on the garment of praise and take off the spirit of heaviness. And I don't want heaviness to rule my years any longer. I've experienced depression. I know what it's like and I don't wanna waste another year of my life wearing a coat of heaviness when I've been given a garment of praise. And I don't have to live under the peer pressure of trying to fish, finish and, 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 and do things that everyone else wants me to do. Go at a pace that's enjoyable for you. What's gonna make your year great this year is if you just enjoy the pace of grace and a pace of peace and you just keep moving inch by inch, take another step, but don't you burn out. Number 21, take ground this year. Take ground this year. In other words, enjoy the journey, but make sure you take some ground this year. Go after the dreams, the steps that God has for your life. What does that look like for you? What is the ground you need to take? Maybe it's to get better in some of your relationships. Maybe it's to get closer to God. Maybe it's to get better at taking care of your money, taking care of your finances. Maybe it's to become a more generous person this year. So taking ground for you looks like setting aside some money, every paycheck to say, I'm gonna be a giver this year. I'm going to be someone who gives more and takes less. This year, I'm going to lose some weight. This year, I'm going to get back in the gym. Whatever that ground is that you need to take, set some goals. And here's my last point right here. Number 22, stay surrendered. And I want you to stand your feet all over this place because surrender is the key to your victory. God is more attracted to your surrender than your success. God loves a surrendered heart. And what's gonna give you closure on the past and help you to draw closer to your future is staying surrendered. An unsurrendered heart will never have closure on past disappointments. The more anxious and afraid and frustrated and angry and resentful and bitter I am, the less surrendered I am. The more doubtful and skeptical and, 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 and just complacent and I have no hope for the future, I can tell the level of my surrender based on my spirit. And when your spirit is in a healthy place of saying, God, I don't understand and I don't know what the future holds, but I choose to surrender the past and I choose to surrender my thoughts about the future and I choose to trust that he who started this work in me will be faithful to complete it and I choose to trust that you lead me from glory to glory and from strength to strength and I choose to believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living so I will remain confident in this that my God is my shepherd and I shall not want and he makes me to lie down in green pastures and he restores my soul and he leads me beside still waters. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This year, I will conquer the areas I need to conquer. This year, I will rise up and become who you've called me to be. This year, I will let go of the things that have been holding me back, and I will take hold of the things that you have in front of me. Lord, this year will be the year that I see my greatest fruitfulness, my greatest harvest. Lord, this will be the year out of all the years in my past 
I am not going to let yesterday rob me of today. I will not let the good, the bad, or the ugly keep me in the past. I will move forward into who you've called me to be. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here right now and the Holy Spirit's talking to you, I want us just to linger a little bit in the presence of God. I know you, you came today and, and you could rush out of here, but what gave Joshua the courage for his future was just lingering in the presence of God. When Moses left, Joshua stayed. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, we're just gonna take the next five or six minutes just to worship. But I want you to search your heart and if you need to come down to this altar right now to say, God, I surrender to you. Maybe it's an area this year that you wanna see change in. Maybe it's a goal in your heart. Maybe it's a dream in your heart. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's with God that you've kind of drifted and God's saying, return to me. Draw closer to me. Whatever it is that you say, Lord, I surrender. God, I surrender my thoughts, my regrets, my shame. Lord, I surrender my fears. I surrender my resentment, my worries, my anger. And Lord, I'm drawing closer to you this year. And God, I'm asking for closure on the past as I draw closer towards the future of what you've called me to do and where you've called me to go and the things you've called me to contend for. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you today, I want you to just raise your hand from the front to the back. You're saying the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. There's some things I need to surrender. If you need to surrender something, just raise your hand today. And here's what I want you to do. If you raised your hand or you needed to raise your hand, I want you to leave your seat. Come and find a spot at this altar. We're just gonna worship God for a minute. Maybe you wanna come down and just hear from God some vision for this year, to get a word for this year. But let's just take some time to just worship and say, God, have your way. song. 
want to know your heart. want to know your heart. Because your love is so much sweeter than anything I've tasted. want to know your heart. want to know your heart. So pull me a little closer and take me a little deeper. want to know
I can just see God leaning down and pulling your face towards him. And he says, closer, 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 get closer. God wants to speak to you. God wants to heal your heart. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to steal your anxious thoughts. He wants to take your burdens, your cares. He says, you can cast those on me. He wants to fill your journal up this year. He wants to give you fresh words and fresh vision and fresh revelation. He wants to fill your journal with thoughts and conversations between you and him to remind you that he's still your dad. He still loves you. He's your father. He cares about the details of your life. God says, closer, closer, closure, closure. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, for your word. Speak to us this year. As you've already spoken, help us, God, to fulfill the steps that you've laid out before us, that we would have courage to take another step. And on the days that we feel like we're three steps behind or we've somehow moved backwards, help us to get back up and take another step forwards. Let this be a year of forward movement, progress in the areas that you've called us to grow in at a good pace, a pace of grace, a pace of peace, a pace that we enjoy who you are and that we embrace the spectacular now, the I am God. Help us, Lord, not to miss the moments that you have for us because we're consumed by past thoughts, regrets, shame, or consumed with future fears or concerns. Help us, God, every day to just enjoy being your kids and, God, to keep stepping towards the dreams and keep drawing closer towards you, that our relationship with you would grow closer this year than it ever has before. Just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender. Have your way. Have it all in my life. This year, I dedicate to you. Have your way in me and through me for your glory. I'm all yours in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I love you, Victory. Thanks for lingering, staying long. We love you so much. Happy New Year. Have a great beginning of your year. Don't forget Growth Track Lunch is happening in the Second Floor Chapel. Also, don't forget your kids that are still in the nursery and children's church. We love you so much. God bless you.